hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen? Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, all that good stuff. Uh, it was on Podomatic for some reason when I changed the logo and all that. Uh, and they, uh, it seemed to mess things up. So hopefully Podomatic will get things going again. Or uh, Podbean, pardon me. Hopefully it'll get things going again. So my apologies for anybody that likes to use that app. It's not functioning with Brave the Wild. It is with the other podcasts. So I'm not sure what's going on. With that said, though, the Minnesota Wild played three games this past week and got demolished. Uh, yeah, let's just say that. Uh, over three. our power play sucked and our goal scoring sucked my thoughts exactly uh like what more can you say three to one seven three five to one toronto calgary 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 looks like a team that could win the stanley cup uh tomorrow uh they all scored us 12 to 4 in two games yeah and then toronto three to one it wasn't total demolition but we didn't score you know our power play sucked and our goal scoring sucked and the goaltending sucked and the defensemen sucked and the wingers and the forwards, they really, really sucked. And the coaching, okay, maybe not the coaching, but maybe the coaching a little bit. Okay, sorry, I'm just kidding. One way or another, it was, I mean, what more is there to say? It was a bad week. It was a really, really, it was just a bad week. Just, just flush it out, you know. Everything's going to be fine, you know. Everything's fine, just flush it. Uh, no, let's, uh, the Wild are, <laughs> the Wild are two games ahead of Edmonton, which would be ninth place in the Western Conference. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Flush it out, huh? Flush it? Flush it out. Yeah, we might get flushed out if we keep playing like this. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, giddy up here. Let's giddy up. The Toronto game, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. It was just boring as hell. It was boring as hell at the beginning. Couldn't get anything going. Luckily, you felt confident. At least Kapokakanen was stopping shots from Toronto and all that. And then uh, after Frederick Goudreau was pretty much the only player who could get anything going this past week. Uh, <laughs> broke the twine, so to speak, or, you know, crossed the line and scored a goal, lit the lamps, whatever you want to call it. And that wonderful second line, third line, whatever the heck it is, line, finally was able to get things, it's second line, was able to get uh, the Wild on the board and the lead. And yeah, it was kind of a familiar thing this week. Uh, yeah, the Wild to take the lead. And then uh, that was it. It was like, all right, we, we got this. We're back. We're, we're going to start winning games again. And then that was it. There was no scoring, and then it was like, no, who's on him? Oh, well, who's on him? Score. You know, it was, it was, that was just kind of the feature. That was kind of the feature presentation of this past week. Well, who was on that guy? Oh, that sucks. One-timer goal. And it was just over and over again. If it's the, the Chuck, the Chuck it was time and time again. Somebody put a body on Matthew the Chuck. I mean, was anybody on the Chuck? Was anybody on him, or were we just rhyming the... You know, where we just adding an F to that word. I don't know. That's what it felt like. Austin Matthews made it look easy. He just, yeah, he made it look easy. And, of course, his second goal. His second goal made me, like, his, his second goal made me squirm or made me cringe. Brandon DeHame had the puck, was kind of going up the ice, and it's just, I, I don't know. what What's up with Brandon DeHame? I mean, the guy, his stick handling it leaves something to be desired, and his awareness seems to be lacking as well. Like, what is up with the guy? <laughs> he turns the puck over way too easy. 
he looks like a clumsy basketball player getting getting stripped from behind in a JV game. It's like, what's what's going on here? That's what it felt like to me. And it's happened more than once. I mean, there's times he had the puck all by himself, Brennan DeHame, and started stumbling. And that was like a couple of weeks back. And it's like, what, what's up with that? I know we're all human and we're going to have moments like that, but uh, I don't know. Brandon, let's go. Come on, Brandon. And pretty much the whole fourth line has been non-existent, to say the least, except for Nick Bukestad scoring in that 7-3 to three game. Woohoo! At least we got on the board again at some point. Yay. But 7-3. Uh, to three. Seven to three is basically all you need to say. The seven. The seven is what is the problem. Um, just no life. Uh, I can pretty much put all these games into one review and tell you the same thing. This, the first one, not as much. I mean, you gave up three goals. It wasn't that bad. This and that. But there was just no life in terms of the scoring side of, of things. We're averaging less than three goals a game. Okay, well, I mean, it happens. It sucks it, that it does happen. Um... And this is over a six-game stretch, going back to the Florida game. Florida, or actually, yeah, yeah, going back to the Florida game. It's a six-game stretch where the Wild have gotten their butts handed to us. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, we have not been scoring. Of course, there was the Edmonton game. Okay, so you exclude that one with the seven. But, yeah, if you talk about all the losses, basically, Florida, excluding just the Edmonton game, which was actually kind of a sloppy game as well. And Connor McDavid and all them were playing like, eh, because they had played the game before. And they're they're not a team I want to compare the Wild to right now. If you want to be a good team, you want to beat teams like Calgary once in a while, at least split with them. Pray to God you can get a split or maybe even a point out of it, like a, a OT or shootout loss, something like that, something lame like that. <laughs> but to get, you know, demolished, absolutely demolished 12-4 to 4 in just two games, it leaves you thinking like, hmm, I... I was afraid Calgary was going to put a can of you-know-what on the on the Wild, can of whoop-ass on the Wild, but boy, yeah, uh, they did, and it was painful to watch, painful, um, I know they've been killing everybody, like, the, like, like, <laughs> like Vegas, they've even beaten Colorado, that's why I, I keep thinking if Calgary can, <laughs> I, I don't know if they can sustain this level of play necessarily, but I mean, even Colorado is obviously way ahead, they're 14 games ahead of second place St. Louis, they're 19 points ahead of the Minnesota Wild, I said games, points, points ahead of the Wild, 19 points ahead of the Wild, so good night Central Division Championship. That ain't happening. Um, I don't know. This this week just felt like, uh, who's on this guy? It would be like, it felt like uh, we're overcompensating defensively. We're overcompensating. The, the defensemen are overcompensating on one guy, whoever it is. The puck goes over to the right. Both defensemen are on the right, and then somebody like at the Chuck or whoever is open on the left. And it's like, Good Lord. Or, or vice versa. And they have like a one-timer. It's like, oh, well, there's the, there's the saucer pass over to, to Chuck or whoever the heck. And goal Calgary. And that was kind of the theme, especially in those two games. The Toronto game kind of, again, it was it was just like a lame night. It was just a, it was just a game where we lost. It didn't play well. Not much energy. And Toronto was just better. So that one didn't, like, drive me absolutely nuts like the Calgary ones. <laughs> We're just overcompensating for them. And, of course, again, the, the size and the speed combination is a massive problem. And I think the Wild are in trouble in many areas. At the end of the day, uh, Cam Talbot was lousy in the second game. Lousy. Uh, the first game, the 7-3 to three game, I thought the play in front of the goaltender in this game was the reason why the Wild lost the game. And it's not just because I'm a Capocacanin fan. He did give up five goals in the game. 
but I thought the play in front of him did not help. Uh, and it, I mean, Brennan Duhame's driving me crazy lately. Like it looks like he can't play anymore. <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I I know, but I mean, he's not a guy that I'm going to be like crying my eyes out. Say if they were to send him down or to include him in a trade, I'm not going to go crazy over it. I'm, I'm a fan of Brennan Duhame, but what the hell is up with this? <laughs> he's he's just clumsy out there. I I don't see much to get too excited about. Uh, he'll score once in a while, which is okay, but he's not going to score much. And mm, I, when he's bad, he's really bad. That That's the bottom line. When he's bad, he's really bad. And that's what scares me about uh, Brendan Deheim. Uh, and this talk about trading for a goaltender. Uh, trade for a goaltender, but but for, for who, though? Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously you got salary situation there. A very expensive guy. He's older. He's injury-prone at times. I would support the move, but I wouldn't be like, woohoo, here we go. Uh, it, it's just like, I'm not really sure who else. That's the other crappy part. Who else are we going to trade for? It would be like a lateral move, which is pointless. Then you end up giving up a draft pick or a prospect or both for a lateral move for another Cam Talbot. Like, what's the point of doing that? You already have Cam Talbot. And you have a quote-unquote prospect type of goalie in Kapokakinen. He's, you know, he's, he's a little bit past the prospect stage, but kind of still floating around in it, if that makes sense. The kind of guy you would have liked to have traded for somehow, some way in the past, would have been, say, a Jacob Markstrom if Calgary sucked this year. Yeah, you'd probably have to give up the farm to get him. But imagine Jacob Markstrom playing anything like he is now with the Minnesota Wild. And the Wild get their butts back in gear and start scoring goals again and aren't turning the puck over in the neutral zone on a regular basis because they're not paying attention or they're just slow or what the heck, or they're just small, this and that. It, it, it's a combination of everything. And defensemen aren't overcompensating for, you know, puck movement, this and that. The next thing you know, somebody's open for a goal. And it, it happens. That's that's hockey. I mean, guys are going to score. It's not going to be 0-0 every night. Somebody's going to get open and is going to score. But it just feels like... <laughs> It just feels like the Wild got schooled by the Calgary Flames. And that wasn't fun to watch at all. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, Tyler Toffoli, cool name there. Multi-goal game in the first one, the first go-round anyway. Um, it just... Calgary would get in the Wild zone and just push us around. And that's pretty much what happened the whole night in both games. Um, it took, like there was almost no resistance for Calgary in both of these games. Um... And again, so it's like you'd hope if you traded for Jacob Markstrom that it would make that uh, some type of a, it would it would make that huge difference. But if you're going to play like that, even he would struggle possibly. But of course, again, trading for Jacob Markstrom is just like laughable at this point. Calgary is a Stanley Cup champion connect, uh, contender. Jacob Markstrom's their goalie. End of story. Blah blah blah. I'm just saying if Calgary sucked again like last year, how they fell off the face of the earth. Um, despite uh, <laughs> despite hiring Daryl Sutter midway through the season, they kind of picked things up for a minute, and then down they went right afterward just because. It just was a team that wasn't ready to compete where this year they are with most of the same uh, familiar sus uh, with most of the usual suspects still around, like the Chuck and Mangiapane and Sean Monaghan, who's vanished on the face of the earth this year for some reason. <clears throat> um, I don't know what happened to him. He's not old at all. That would figure, too, the Wild acquire Sean Monaghan. <laughs> he comes here and he's got like 20 points at this stage in the season. He'd be like, oh, man, really, man? We just gave up like all these, we just gave up like good good players for him. We gave up Matt Boldy or something for him. I'd be like, oh, boy. Oh. Well, Boldy was one of the positives for a minute, at least early on, as Goudreau's been the main positive. 
throughout the course of this week, believe it or not. And he did get the player of the week on Minnesota Wild Global. I, I guess it's just, if Freddie if Freddy Goodrow is your best player, you stink. <laughs> you stink. And, and that's kind of what type of week this was for the Minnesota Wild. It's just being honest. And Nico Sturm's vanished on the face of the earth. Ryan Hartman. Hello? Anybody seen Ryan Hartman? Or is he the Ryan Hartman from, like, way before when he first signed him and he was making, you know, a small amount of money, like he still is, sadly. And, you know, third, fourth line. He was a fourth-line winger, basically, at the time. And, oh, wow, he scored a goal tonight. Wow, it's been a while. That's pretty much what he's reverting back to, which is really depressing. It it figures, doesn't it? I, I, hope, I hope this is just a bad stretch and things can come back together for Ryan Hartman, but... I don't know, Dave Gagne who, right? <laughs> maybe maybe that's just a big joke of a comparison now. Or it was a guy who, again, was a high draft pick for the New York Rangers years ago. North Stars acquired him. He was mediocre at the very beginning and then just gradually picked things up and became a top-line player for, for years. Wound up having a wonderful career and looked more like the first-round talent that people hoped he would be with the New York Rangers. And then, of course, Hartman with the Blackhawks and all that good stuff. Um, Hartman is a Chicago guy anyway, too, which is kind of cool. Dumba, Dumba not being here, I don't think that's killing the Wild. But I do think Alex Kalagoski's fallen off the face of the earth. I think he's... I, I keep using that term, falling off the face of the earth. That might be the theme of this show, at least for this week anyway. It's not meaning that's the Wild season. But, uh, I don't know. Welcome to Minnesota, fans. Welcome to Minnesota, somebody that might be a new fan. When is the other shoe going to drop? It's dropping right now. Hopefully we can pick things up again and all that cute stuff. Jordy Ben shouldn't be playing in any, shouldn't be playing on, on a competitive hockey team, I don't think, unless the other defensemen are like legends, you know, like absolute legends in front of them. Well, Bro, Brodeen's a legend. Spurgeon is. Eh, they're not legends. They're good, though. Uh, Kulikov, mediocre at best. He was another one of those guys that overcompensated. And he had some bad moments as well. He some slashes stick on the net and all that in a seven to three, you know, de- demolition derby. Uh, Goligoski, God Almighty, I don't know the turnovers, out of position, not worth five million bucks. Let me tell you, <laughs> you want to save cap space? Um, thanks, Alex. It was a fun season, and there is no end. <laughs> thanks for the five million cap space at that point. I, I think that's where you have to go. Uh, he's not getting any younger. I was actually a little worried about that when we signed him. Obviously, talented guy. Loved him with the Gophers, and he was, he was really good with the Stars and all that good stuff. Uh, Pittsburgh and all that, but he, don't forget, 36. 36 is 36. It's not 26, it's 36. Defensemen don't stay good forever. Um, and then there's conversations, you know, there's a guy I want. I even put a poll on Twitter at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, and of course that's the feature presentation on the uh, during the fan interaction segment, of course, at Brave the Wild. I really enjoyed doing that. I decided to put a poll up. I'm going to try to do this more and more. You might think, oh, how creative. Bring back Carson Soucy. Well, what have we been talking about? Size and skill and, and you know, in the back end, this and that. Well, <laughs> Seattle, he's, he's not part of the Seattle future. I talked about this last week. So I put, bring back Carson Soucy. There's, uh, the two choices were yes, exclamation point, we need size. Or no, he may cause cap issues. He might. That's the one thing. Um, yes, one, in a, in, a, in a landslide, I would say. If this was an election, he would have won in a landslide. 68.2% to 31.8%. Uh, the one thing is yes, salaries. Watch out for salaries. 
when you talk about Carson Susie or anybody else, 2.75 next season as the Wild would jump into the old, uh, you know, cap hell that's coming up with uh, our best friends that we signed for way too long. Yeah, I would do it again tomorrow. I would not do it again tomorrow. <laughs> it was fun to have them. I would not do 13, 13 years. If, if that's a deal breaker, a seven-year contract versus 13-year contract, you're crazy. <laughs> I don't know why the... Uh, I don't know why it came to that, but um, I'm glad the Wild don't have Vince Dunn. He's pretty mediocre. Four million dollars a year for Vince Dunn? Is he that much better than other players? I don't know. Uh, Carson Susie though, two seven five, basically two seven five. Next year he would expire into UFA land. So again, if you want to keep Fiala, the Fiala Dumba, blah 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 situation where you're, you're going to say goodbye to a lot of people, to me that says absolutely Alex Goligoski is uh, is gone. Absolutely no more Goligoski. And then you uh, go with Carson Susie, who is a big mammoth of a guy. Obviously, he's 27 years of age, so still got quite a few. Uh, still got quite a few years left. He's what nine years younger than Alex Goligoski at about half the price, and of course, much larger. Uh, this and that. He's not an offensive weapon. He's not a great skater like Alex Goligoski, but I don't think he'd make as many mistakes for one. And I also. Um, think his size would, would be a huge factor. I think it'd be a huge factor for Minnesota. So uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, you sign Carson, or you sign, you trade for Carson Susie. I think you for sure let Goligoski go and then pray to God that uh, maybe one of the prospects in the system emerges. It's going to come to something like that. I got to think. The unfortunate fact is also in the prospect system, not many of the guys are real big either. That's the other thing that kind of... <laughs> That kind of gnaws at me a little bit when I think about all this. So, and the only guys that are that are big, they usually are. You know, they usually aren't very skilled, and half the time they don't make it. Like the Nick Bocas and such. He was a big physical guy for the Michigan Wolverines, and he's floundering, floundering around in the ECHL. So, it's it is what it is when it comes to the Wild defenseman situation. Jacob Golden's not a big guy. I don't even know if he's still considered in the Wild system anymore. No one talks about him. Um, he said me. Simon jo- uh, Johansson, I don't know. Simon Johansson, I don't know. Philip Johansson is not going to come back, most likely. So, Marshall Warren's tiny. <laughs> She's tiny. That's a fact. In fact, the Wild only took one defenseman in 2019. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Damon Hunt, boy, I, I wish, you know, I wish. He's not big, but he's not little either. He's, he's tough, definitely. Six foot one, over 200. So, at least that'd be something. But 19 years of age, not going to happen. So, Crap. Yeah, it, crap. That's the one thing. <laughs> That's the one thing. So you'd have to look into free agency or pray to God, you know, pray to God for this, pray to God for that. That almost makes that almost makes keeping Dumba, like, paramount at that point. So, crap. That's like the end of uh, Fiala, possibly, then. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I keep babbling here. And I apologize, but I suppose in a lot of ways, this is more interesting than talking about getting demolished by Calgary at the end of the day. Um, at least I, I certainly think so. Of course, both goalies, the numbers have fallen off the... I said it again. I said it again. Cam Talbot's just about, just under three goals a game. Save percentage, 9.08. Amazing that it's still at that range. Kapokakinen, amazingly, still just barely, barely below 92%. Save percentage, 2.67 goals against average. Uh, he did give up five goals in the 7-3 game. The last two were empty netters. So the Wild were actually still in the game. 5-3, to three, believe it or not. The Wild were still in the game. 
at that point. But uh, Cam Talbot versus Calgary in the 5-1 to loss. I thought he was much worse than Kapokakinen at the end of the day. And I'm not just trying to favor Kakinen over and over and over again, even though it may sound that way. I thought the team played like absolute crap in front of um, Kapokakinen on Saturday. And I thought <laughs> I thought Talbot was mediocre at best at home here on Tuesday in the 5-1 to loss to the Calgary Flames, of course. I thought, uh, again, obviously players were not in the right position defensively on a regular basis. Stupid, idiot, lame turnovers. Just lazy turnovers as far as I'm concerned. Just lazy. Is it okay to say that? Lazy turnovers. Stupid turnovers. Sloppy. Um, that didn't help Cam Talbot, but I don't know. It just felt like there was hardly any resistance from the guy <laughs> versus Calgary. He did make some some saves here and there, obviously. You have to stop something. Calgary didn't shoot 100% in the game, but freaking felt like it at times. I mean, some of the goals given up were just meh at best. So that's why people keep crying for goalie, 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 goalie. I want to get a defenseman, a physical defenseman. And obviously you're going to have to make a decision on what you're going to do. If uh, Obviously that would bring things up a bit again with Carson Soucy in the offseason. I mean, maybe you trade him. Maybe you trade him in the offseason if you decide that you want to get rid of his salary, this and that, um, or change the direction going forward. Like, what type of player do you want for that money? That type of situation. But I think you have to have a big anchor back there. You have to have somebody who's a big anchor. And I do think losing him was uh, not a good thing. It was scary going into the regular season with guys like, you know, like just John Merrill and Hulikov and guys like that. It was scary at the time. And then it's like, oh, wow, they've really emerged. This is working out great. Now here we are in early March and it doesn't feel that way anymore at the moment. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, with that said, the <laughs> Mike Modano Award winner for this week, I guess it's Freddie Goudreau, I, I guess. I can't get too excited about saying Freddie Goudreau is your Mike Modano Award winner for the week. Woo-hoo. He's, 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 he, he did it. Yay. Yay, Freddie. Woo-hoo. He, he scored two goals in three games. All right. All right. Let's, let's go. <laughs> uh, the James Tepper Memorial, I mean, it's... Uh, just basically go back to what go back to what Dean Evanson was saying. Like this sucked and this sucked. It's it's the whole team's play right now. The whole team's play from top to bottom. Uh, at the end of the day, it can't be one individual player. If I had to give it to one individual, I, I think Brandon Deham. I just I don't know. He's he stinks right now. It's bottom line. He stinks right now. Uh, if the Wild had another option, I'd send him down. Uh, hone things up a little bit. Hone your skills a little bit. What the hell's going on? Uh, maybe wake him up a little bit. I, I think he could be better than that. So it would go to Brennan O'Hame if it's an individual, but generally speaking, I think it's the Minnesota Wild right now at the end of the day. With that, we'll take a quick break, and we have four games to preview against several teams we haven't played against in <clears throat> years. <laughs> come out of this funk at some point. We're not playing Calgary. We're not playing Toronto. We're not playing Florida. 
we did get thrashed a bit this this past two weeks or so with the teams like that, with teams like that, and then we thrashed Edmonton. Now I guess we can do some thrashing again, hopefully. We'll see. Put it this way, if we lose 5-1 to one or something to the Philadelphia Flyers or Buffalo Sabres coming up, which are back-to-back road games on the East Coast, uh-oh, which doesn't always spell good for Minnesota sports, especially Minnesota Vikings. Going out East in the playoffs or anything, basically just about anything, <laughs> it doesn't usually fare too well for the Minnesota Vikings or the Twins or anybody, basically. Like the Wolves go out of the New York Knicks and they get smashed. Philadelphia Flyers, Buffalo Sabres, back-to-back Thursday, Friday. Then you get the Dallas Stars coming on Sunday, 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 Sunday at 3 p.m. Interesting. And the New York Rangers wrapping things up with a pretty cool team there on Tuesday. And then we get to Detroit, Columbus, Nashville, and Boston. Boston, no, Boston, Boston. So it's going to be four-game, four-game type of deal the next couple of weeks. After that, three, and da 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 Okay talking too much about nonsense here. I apologize, but let's talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. Chuck the Schmuck Fletcher, 16, 27-10, 8th place in the Metropolitan Division with Mike Yo as head coach. Dare I, dare I say more? Has this has this been done before? Well, the Wild never sucked that bad with those two guys in charge. Sometimes I kind of think, that, I kind of wish they did versus just kind of floundering around in mediocrity and getting beat in the first round every year. That did us a whole lot. Woohoo! I mean, having a crappy season or two, at least we got the Dumbas and Brodines of the world. Woohoo! Having a couple of some semi-crappy seasons. Wade Allison of the Philadelphia Flyers with a sprained MCL in January. Kevin Hayes, hip uh, hip adductor. We're back to that again. Hip adductor. Okay, whatever that is. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I kind of know what it is, but it's, it sucks, actually. Jan 18th, Sean Cortier on December. What the heck? Upper body injury back in December, apparently. So we'll see what happens there. Something looks fishy with this. I got some kind of an error here. And there was a COVID protocol at one point as well. With him, Minnesota Wild finally play the Flyers again today. And on March 29th, we'll be playing them again at the end of the month. Pretty cool. Philadelphia is... Wow, they... Zero to zero. That doesn't make sense. You can't tie in the NHL anymore. What the hell? Something's wrong here. Yeah, it must have been some kind of delay. Let's just say Philadelphia went, okay, one and three in their last five, or last four, we'll say. They lost to Carolina four to three competitively. They got pounded by St. Louis four to one. They beat Washington two to one, who's now the eighth seed in the East. That sounds crazy. And got shut out by Edmonton three nothing. Ugh, yuck. The Wild, of course, one and four, having lost four in a row. And get, and, uh, with the with uh, at least we thrashed Edmonton in the mix. Well, let's take care of business against the Philadelphia Flyers. This game is tonight. Carter Hart, who was looked on as the next, you know, freaking <laughs> looked on as the next, I don't know, name your stud, stud goalie, you know, Ken Dryden, the next Grant Fuhrer, whoever the heck, Martin Jones, who had some moments earlier in the year. Now he's back to being Martin Jones again of the Sharks, who was terrible. Cam Atkinson, who's been all over the place, really talented player with Columbus years ago. I like him. Uh, leading scorer tied with future Minnesota Wild forward center Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux, both 39 points, 18 goals for Addison, 17 for Claude Giroux, who's basically stayed healthy most of the season. Knock on wood. We'll see if he winds up here. Ivan Pro, uh, Provorov was looked on as a up-and-coming defenseman. He's putting up some numbers, but there's just not a whole lot to be excited right now in Philadelphia. Must be nice to have Claude Giroux on your team, but that's not, and Cam Atkinson, who I do like quite a bit, but 
I don't know. It's a mess. It's sad. It's not working out. Bottom line. Again, two guys at the top there. And then Travis Konecki, obviously a talented guy as well, but not producing like he was earlier a couple years back. So, and Carson has missed a ton and ton and tons of time. So, it was nice to have him on your fantasy rosters, and I don't think too many people have him now. He hasn't played in forever. Only 29 games on the season. Very, 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 very beatable team. It's time to get things back in order, but of course we are on the East Coast. This is not an Excel Energy Center. We will have a ton of home games coming up this month, but not right now. Not yet. we got to take care of business versus Philly and Buffalo. Back-to-back games, so... You might end up losing one of these two, which is really annoying. You might, you know, in the past you'd think, okay, we got to be able to beat Philadelphia and Buffalo. Come on, man. you got to be able to beat them. Back-to-back road games, though, I mean, I don't know. I do predict the Wild will beat the Philadelphia Flyers by a final score of 5-2. to 5-2, two. to two, Minnesota should be able to take care of business versus this club. Most of the guy to score in the game, Fiala, gets two goals. 5-2. to two. Philly is 28th in goals. 24th in goals against. Yeah, so they stink in almost everything. They don't, um, penalty minutes, that's the one area they're actually better than the Wild in, which is funny, because the Wild just can't stay out of the box. Penalty kill, they're worse at 26th, and power play, they're 30th. Yeah, 5-2 to two win for Minnesota. I think the Wild come out firing. Philly, uh, Fiala ends the little drought here with a multi-goal game versus Philadelphia. Philadelphia Fiala rolls right off your tongue, doesn't it? Kind of. Buffalo Sabres, Buffalo Sabres, who used to have an AHL team back in the 70s called the Cincinnati Swords. <laughs> that is cool. The Schwartz. My old friend Marcus years ago used to have fun with like Schwartz because there was an old Sean Connery skit. Uh, excuse me, there was an old Celebrity Jeopardy skit on, on uh, Saturday Night Live when it was actually kind of an okay show uh, where it went from, uh, the category was S-words, and then the Sean Connery character kept saying, Schwartz, I'll take Schwartz. So we always have fun with that. Cincinnati Swords. Uh, let's go to where, let's get to where I need to be. Another San Jose reject, Aaron Dell. No offense to Aaron, but I mean, four goals a game. That's, need I say more? Craig Anderson, Ottawa reject, 40 something, 40 something years of age. Need I say more? It, it's, yeah, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. Malcolm Sipan. <laughs> Malcolm Subhan, God bless him. Las Vegas and Chicago reject. Oh, Buffalo. Buffalo is like where everybody goes to struggle, I guess. Rasmus Dolan came as a number one pick in the draft. He's had some great moments. Obviously, when he's good, he's great. But sometimes he disappears. And, of course, he's been injury prone throughout his career. Alex Tuck, once he finally came back from the injury, which obviously he went after the trade and all that. A long time ago, he hadn't he hadn't played all season, and he's been absolutely wonderful for Buffalo. He's their best player, plain and simple. He's their best player. He's a point of game guy right now. Tw- uh, Sixteen assists on the season in only twenty three games, seven total goals for twenty three points. Tage Thompson, double T with 40, 41 points, twenty three of them goals. He's the top goal scorer. Jeff Skinner, who's been all over the place with, he's good, he's bad, he's bad, he's good. When he's good, he's wonderful, but he's been hot and cold throughout his career, at least lately. Uh, a few years ago, he would have been a, a stud to have. But 39 points in 53 games with 21 goals isn't exactly bad. But Buffalo's not exactly good either. They're 17-30-8 with 42 points. The only team they're ahead of in the Atlantic division is Montreal, who are completely garbage at the moment, with all due respect. Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. Home of our friend Marcus Felino and, of course, his older brother as well. 
Craig Anderson, he's still playing. What the heck? I think he's he's either he's either my age or older than me, and I'm not even kidding. He's a 70s born guy, if I remember correctly. Crazy. Crazy. 24th in goals. 29th in goals against. Take care of business, Minnesota. Um, penalty minutes, they're better than us. 11th. Funny. Power plays 19th. Penalty kill 24th. So, again, take care of business, but Minnesota's had some funny history with us, this team. Uh, and they did beat us this year already in Exxon Energy Center. Just one of those games where you're just like, what just happened? Lost in the shootout. We didn't score. They did, basically. That's basically what happened. March the 4th. So can the Wilds split the season series versus Buffalo or technically win it because we'd have the majority of the points um, at the end of the day? Or no. Yeah, yeah, we would because we'd have three points. Buffalo would have two. So can we technically win the season series versus the Buffalo Sabres. That'd be wonderful. So we'll see what happens. This is not tonight. This is Friday night. Buffalo is one and four in their last five. But they had they had lost four in a row and then beat Toronto. In Toronto. Five to one. Okay. So what the heck is this? Now this is some kind of error again. I don't know what's happening to this thing. So it's only four games again. What the hell is up with this thing? They got shut out by Montreal. They lost to St. Louis five to three. They lost to Dallas Stars four to two, and then beat Toronto five to one. Wow! In Toronto, impressive win. This reeks of trap game. This is trap game written all over it. Is this Capo Kakinen? Is this Tam Cam Cam Talbot? I think Talbot will be in net versus Philadelphia. I just think so, and I hope he gets the win. I think Kakinen will go against Buffalo. Maybe it's reversed. Who cares? As long as we win both of them, that's what I care about at this point. I'm going to step out in faith and say the Wild win back-to-back. This reeks of a trap game, though. But we're at a point right now with this team and what we've been through. Getting our asses handed to us. What, three out of four games or so? <laughs> and losing to Ottawa. What the heck? We lost, we lost to Ottawa. I mean, we lost to Ottawa, man. We lost to Ottawa. So, uh, Which also reeked of a trap game. So... Being what we've been through, there's no excuse for this to be a trap game. There is no excuse. If this team comes out lazy and, and sluggish versus Buffalo, whatever, man, <laughs> whatever, then we are in trouble. The Wild will win 4-2. to two, Most likely got to score in the game. Marcus Felino will score in Buffalo, and the Wild win 4-2 to two versus Le Buffalo Sebea at the end of the day. Let's keep moving for the sake of time as I babble on and babble on like I am known to do. On occasion, Dallas Stars will be the next opponent, a team that's a team that's kind of all over the place with the Wild history. Obviously, super positive at the beginning, and then about 20 years of getting our butts handed by them. Uh, it's pretty embarrassing. Excellent Energy Center. Now here come the home games. Ben Bishop's been out since 1983. Uh, Andre Sekera with a upper body injury and illness as of Feb 11. Interesting. Yes, and yes, Ben Bishop, actually, he's actually retired, right? Because, yeah, he, he gave up at, at this point, which, unfortunately, he probably should have because he's been out since 1983. It's that simple. <laughs> goals for only 22, but they're ninth in goals against. Obviously, good goaltending, despite Ben Bishop not being their goalie. Um, penalty minutes, they're second in the league. Wow, almost 200 less penalty minutes on the season than Minnesota. Penalty kills 19th, power plays ninth, significantly ahead of Minnesota. Both of their special teams are actually ahead. Only one, one, uh, per, only one position ahead of Minnesota, 19th to 20th in penalty kill, but power plays ninth in the league. Fairly dangerous club, even though they've had some meh moments out there. They're fifth place in the Central, our division, of course. 30, 20, and 3, so they're out of the playoffs. 
at the moment. The winner, the winners in these games so far this season, as it's been a it's been a split so far. And Excel Energy Center seven to two victory for Minnesota back earlier in the season, seven to four demolition in favor of Dallas in Dallas. Now this game's in Excel Energy Center, so I I guess I'll pick a win. I shouldn't be picking a win in every game, but and yeah, just going to Dallas. We basically never win there. We we we. There was a stretch where the Wild hadn't won there in literally a decade. It was like, no, 20 years, excuse me. It was like almost 20 years, not a decade. It was almost 20 years. I can't remember when it ended. Was it 19 or 18, 17, something like that? It was well over a decade, though. We had won there in 2001, before September 11th. That's how far back we're talking. So that's pretty weird, pretty wild. Pun not intended. Dallas is 3-2 and two in their last five. Somebody's got a winning record. So we'll see how that turns out. They beat uh, they lost to Arizona three to one. Huh. Yeah, uh, Winnipeg three to two win. At Nashville two to one loss. At uh, excuse me, hosting Buffalo four to two win, and a th- four to three victory versus the Los Angeles Kings. And we wrap up the season series on my old cat's birthday. She would turn thirty two <laughs> if, if somehow miraculously she was still alive. She'd be like a Civil War veteran at that stage in cat years. Jake. Ottinger, Minnesota-based, wonderful German name there. Goals against average of 2.28. Goals against average. Save percentage 9.22. Well, only one shutout on the year, which spells one big word that the Wild need to get back to. Consistency. If you only have one shutout, but your numbers are that strong, you're very consistent. Joe Pavelski, future Minnesota Wild. Well, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Obviously, great season. Really, really damn good season. 56 points in 53 games, 21 goals, 35 assists. He's been a wonderful leader for the Dallas Stars and, again, took them to the Cup Final, helped take them to the Cup Final just two years ago and got beat by the Tampa Bay Lightning after winning Game 1, which is crazy. Jason Robertson, again, the guy who was the top top competition for Kuala Kaprizov last year. Very strong season, 48 points in 45 games, leading the club with 23 goals, tied with Rup Hintz and Tyler Seguin. Sagan, 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 uh, down year for sure. Jamie Ben, down year, down year for both of those guys. Thirty points and twenty-eight respectively, and they played in all fifty-three games to their credit. Uh, but they're down there with some of the better defensemen. Oh, and there's this guy named Ryan Suter who's kind of expensive, and you know he was a little bit uh, pushy about minutes and other things in the locker room. Kind of a locker room lawyer type of guy. I maybe you've heard of him, maybe not. Maybe his cap is killing the Wild too. Cap hit. Thank you for that. Chuck Fletcher. It's a good team. Obviously, it's a good team. It's a team that can give you problems. It's a team that can frustrate the crap out of you. I'm not overconfident about this one. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm definitely not confident about the Wild uh, going into Dallas later in the season. Oh, man. I, I want to believe the Wild could win three in a row here. Step out in faith? I guess so. Hmm. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say the Wild actually beat the Dallas Stars in this game. Maybe like a shootout type of situation. But obviously, for two teams that at the time were not giving up too many goals, especially Dallas, it was crazy. Both, you know, seven goals, four goals. The Wild scored 11 goals in two games versus Dallas. It's pretty crazy. The Wild will win it 4-3 to three in a close game that will probably go to a, I believe it's going to go to something like a shootout or something. Um I'd want to say Matt Dumba, but I don't know if he's ever going to play. <laughs> I don't know when he's going to come back. He probably will, but this might be his return game. Um, but with that said, I will give the most lucky guy to score in the game 
to Zuccarello. I think Zuccarello... Nope, that's not going to be Zuccarello. We'll wait on that one. Ryan Harmon is going to break out of his slump. At least one of... Uh, if he hadn't already, but he'll he'll get a goal in the game. A 4-3 uh, win for Minnesota. Possibly shootout or overtime type of situation. And then the Wild host the New York Rangers on March the 8th. My brother's 44th birthday. My God, we're getting old because I'm not that much younger than him. <laughs> Uh, Capo Caco, upper body injury, so we'll see what happens there. Patrick Namath, not Joe, but Patrick, must be his great-grandson. No, I'm kidding. Philip Seitel, yep, rolls right off your tongue there. <laughs> Greenway and Dumba still been banged up, of course. New York's only 20th in the league in goals, despite a great record, but their goaltending has been fantastic on the season. They are 30-15-5, third place in a very good Metropolitan Division, which is always a good division most of the time. Third and goals against, they are 7th on the penalty kill, 4th on the power play. Hello, special teams. Hello, New York Rangers. Minnesota did win 3-2 to two in New York earlier in the season. I think the Rangers split the series. They win the, they win the game. Final score, 4-2. to two. Zuccarillo will score in the game. Let's talk about the Rangers a tiny bit more here. Just kind of look at it. Yep, it's Igor Shest. Chesterkin, the New York Rangers do win the game three to three to two, three to two, not four to two, three to two. Lower scoring game. Chesterkin has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, goals against average just under two. Saberson is ninety four, ninety four. Wow. Um, hello, Lundqvist. <laughs> three shutouts on the season, and Artemi Panarin fifty nine points. Um, Zibanejad, yep, absolutely, has been spectacular. Point a game guy. He's streaky, but when he's hot, he's so good. Jacob Truba's real good. Uh, Lafreniere's slow to develop. 13 goals in the season, but only four assists. Capo Cacano has missed several games on the season, only 37 games. Both of those stud uh, prospects who are they're hoping could be Connor McDavid and Drysettle for them, but so far it ain't happening. Though maybe you don't want those two guys. Maybe you don't with the with the the, the talents there, but the attitude is too, unfortunately, <laughs> if you hadn't noticed. Um, Panarin and Zibnijad have been the guys leading the way. 59-54. And Adam Fox also has 46 assists on the season for 53 points. 23 power play assists. Unfreaking believable, Adam Fox. 46 assists. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a defenseman that moves the puck. I just can't get over that. That's unbelievable. He's a, he is a stud. Uh, third round pick in, this, uh, in the 2016 draft. Boy, I wish the Minnesota Wild had somebody like that. Jericho, New York native. Man, drafted by the Calgary Flames. He's played every game so far with the New York Rangers, and he piles up those assists, let me tell you. He uh, moves the puck. It's his bottom line. He's unbelievable. Boy, I wish the Wild could have somebody like that. Don't, don't you wish? <laughs> don't you wish? He's only 5'11". 183, but hey, if he's, if he's that good, heck with it. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> we'll, we'll take him in a heartbeat. Bye-bye, Matt Dumba. I'll take Adam Fox <laughs> if he's going to put up numbers like that. Because um, Matt Dumba's not big either, obviously. He's just got a big shot, but a lot of good it's doing us right now, and, you know, he hasn't put in a, he hasn't had that many goals the last few years since the Peck injury. Uh, Wild lose the game, though. With that, we'll take a, well, not take a break, but we'll jump right into the prospects. <laughs> And let's get rolling. Looks like college is wrapping things up here. Minnesota Gophers are a top four type of team. Obviously, you got, you're going to the tournaments now, which will be pretty cool. 
Really looking forward to what the Minnesota Gophers can do. Winning the Big Ten regular season. Now can he win the Big Ten tournament and wrap up a number one seed in the NCAA tournament? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We, we lost LaFontaine, Jack LaFontaine. Now we have uh, Kloos in, in that, and he's been better. So what a story the Minnesota Gophers have turned out to be. And I know some of you listening are North Dakota fans, St. Cloud State fans, Mankato fans. Everybody hates the Gophers. Well, screw it, you know. Screw it. Go ahead and hate me all you want. I'm not going to say screw you because that's that's not nice. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, screw you for hating the Gophers, but you have every right to do so. And I have every right to not cheer for your team in the tournament, which I often do not do, just once in a while. <laughs> Put it this way. If you're playing North Dakota or Denver, I'm going to cheer for you. If you're playing somebody else, maybe not. We'll see. It, it depends. Let's get to where I need to be. Stop acting like a dork, right? I apologize. Sam Hench's awesome senior season. Don't you just love him? Again, St. Cloud State. So in <laughs> New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm laughing at something. 15 goals on the season. No, 15, 10, point, 10 goals on the season, 15 games, 19 points. He's just been wonderful all year. Again, missed a ton of time, but when he's been healthy, awesome. And a wonderful prospect for Minnesota going forward. A left winger who shoots right. Okay, that's interesting. That's really rare. Usually it's the other way around. Right winger who shoots left, like the Zuccarellos and Fialas of the world, and even Parisi did it for a minute. He mostly hung out on the left wing. But uh, <clears throat> Sam Hench is welcome to Iowa very, very soon. A wonderful seventh round pick by your buddy, by your buddy, Paul Fenton. The Wild have had a, a number of interesting seventh round picks over the years, like Nick Sweeney and Chuck Fletcher's final year. Love what he uh, love what he can do. Of course, he's been uh, very quiet with Iowa. I meant to go there first. I apologize. So we'll go there. They've been very mediocre at best, unfortunately. And it feels like they never play. Like one game a week, and then and then now they're playing uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. A triple back to back to back. What's that all about? Why don't they play on Tuesday or something? You know, like wh where are they? It's really frustrating. Mitchell Chaffee, almost a point a game. Obviously, again, formerly of UMass Amherst, teammate of Philip Lindbergh, but not a member of the national championship team. He was already in Iowa at that stage, college free agent and all that cute stuff. Adam Beckman, um, kind of up, off and on. He'll he'll chip in some points here and there, but he's just off and on. The most consistent player has been Marco Rossi, 40 points in 40 games. Very nice. <clears throat> and an interesting argument back and forth on, well, it's not an argument, just disagreement out there on Twitter. Uh, about is Marco Rossi ready and this and that. It's not an argument, just a disagreement. Uh, just, yeah, and it's not a big thing. Um, but I kind of side with, yeah, let him continue to develop in Iowa. Do I want him in Minnesota? Yes. Yes, but he's 19. He's 19. Um, he showed nice little signs when he was here, but he did get manhandled, and he occasionally gets manhandled in um, Iowa. That's the only complaint. I wish he was a little bigger, but obviously he's got the strength, this and that, and he will continue to get stronger. And it's, again, just kind of getting used to being in North America and all that good stuff, getting used to actually playing professional hockey. Um, he was already in North America, pardon me, the OHL and all that. But, I mean, it's a jump from the juniors and all that, and then he missed a whole season with the myocarditis and all that and the scare of all that uh, uh all that scariness that took place with him with myocarditis and all that. You missed an entire season. I can't believe I heard some people the last week or so saying that 
I thought Rossi was actually ahead of Boldy. Wow, I can't believe Boldy made it to the NHL before Rossi. What? When I heard that, my jaw dropped. Like, where are you coming up with that? For one, Boldy got drafted before Marco Rossi, a whole year before. Uh, second, he's obviously everywhere. Rossi's gone. It's a point of game and this and that. Third, he's physically more ready to go, this and that, and he doesn't play the center position. Boldy, he, he can, but he doesn't, you know, really. He hasn't for years. Uh, I think since high school, if I remember correctly, maybe a moment or two in college. Um, and Rossi missed an entire freaking season. He missed the whole year last year. Boldy missed, like, six weeks because of the doggone ankle injury, and then uh, another tweak of the ankle right after that, which was really dumb, frustrating. I think it was the other ankle, if I remember correctly, which is like, jeez. But thank God in heaven he's been healthy, him being Boldy, since then. Um, yes, Boldy missed time, but not like Marco Rossi. So for me, no way in heck is Marco Rossi NHL ready. The the whole reason for missing the missing the whole year last year is, is a whole reason to just say, yes, let him quote-unquote cook in Iowa for a year. So I am on that side, not just because it's a it's like a, a friend or somebody has a take and I'm just following them blindly. It's okay to disagree. It's okay. Um... I just see no reason to disagree with the take. I think it's correct. Um, missing an entire year, this and that. And what's the point of rushing Marco Rossi? What's the point? Um, would I rather see Marco Rossi than, say, a Freddie Goudreau? Or Ryan Hartman lately? <laughs> yeah, Ryan Hartman lately, who's got like who's like a minus nine in the last six games or something, and like nothing else. Terrible. Um, yes, I would, but he's just not there yet. It's going to take time. I, I don't want to see him start off terribly. I mean, look at Lafayette, look at Capocaco. Those guys were, you know, touted as number one. They're like top two picks in the NHL. Top two picks. And 17 points in 50 games, that kind of thing. What's the point of that? I'd rather see him kick some major butt in the AHL and then, okay, let's go. You know, I mean, what's the point? What's the point of like beating them up, basically, mentally? It's not even the physical side. It's the mental side that can really F up a player. This and that. So, end of that. End of my little sermon. Not that I'm some genius, because I'm not. Oh, Bryce Misley, 16 points. It feels like 16, 16 games and only three goals and no assists. Oh, come on, Bryce. Come on, Bryce. Calgary, Alberta native, University of Vermont, a college that was buried and forgotten after making a Frozen Four run way back in 2009. Back when I first started at Boston Scientific. University of Vermont, man. Kinda, I want them to get better. Carson Lambos has been kicking some butoxis lately. Gotta love what he's been doing. 30 points in 31 games. Multi-points during the course of this week. Nine goals now and, tw and 21 assists. I wish Carson Lambos could suit up for the Wild right now. Come on, Carson. Just, just look at that face. You know, he's just like, like he's ready to go. I wish. 6-1, uh, 200. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he sure ain't the smallest and I, gosh darn it, if he was ready for NHL hockey, he'd probably be so good. Can't wait for that. Jack Perch, smaller guy, but definitely a talented, talented individual. He's not that small, just smaller. Uh, 16 points in 26 games, got those 14 assists. We'll see how St. Cloud State does going forward in their tournament. Jasper Wallstedt, again, he had that icky game a couple weeks ago, but he's recovered nicely. 2.08 goals against average, this and that. So we'll see what happens with him really. Uh, looking forward to his future. Of course, it's Minnesota, but it's all wait and see. Nate Benoit looks like, yep, yep, he got traded to the Omaha Lancers. The Omaha Lancers. I used to have a shirt of theirs. <laughs> That's cool. Yep, U.S. Hockey League. The Omaha Lancers. I'm not even kidding. I had their shirt for my uh, 
aunt and uncle who lived in uh, Nebraska for a while. So Nate Benoit is skating for Omaha. Pretty cool. Two points, or two goals, pardon me. Two penalty minutes and minus two. Two PIMS. You got to say two PIMS or you're not cool, right? I'm not, I'm not cool because I never say PIMS. No, I'm not cool then. Penalty minutes. 44 points for Caden Benkira. 16 of them goals in 53 games for the Kamloops Blazers. His former teammate will get to him shortly. Kyle Masters again. You know, wonderful plus minus. Doesn't provide a ton of points in 53 games. Only 13 points, but a plus 28 for a nice, solid Red uh, Red Deer Rebels club in the, in the Western Hockey League. Josh Pilar, my favorite teammate of... <laughs> no, favorite teammate of Ben Kier there with the Kamloops Blazers, but now skating for the Saskatoon Blades. Just three games and nothing else. Dang, Nabbit, minus one and two pim, uh, <coughs> penalty minutes. That's a bummer. Huge bummer. Um, interesting question about Huznadinov up there. We'll talk about that later. Huznadinov has not been playing, which is a, a bummer. Ryan O'Rourke, he was closer to a point a game. Now he's had a few games in a row with no points, unfortunately. 36 games, now still stuck at 29. 55 penalty minutes. <coughs> Sorry. Damon Hunt. Uh, awesome, absolutely awesome. 16 goals on the season. Powerful guy. Greedy, tough leader. 32 points. 39 games, 16 of them goals. He's a plus 15 for Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw. And remember, he did play for Iowa last year for a minute and scored a goal. Pretty cool. Pavel Novak, everyone's favorite uh, Czech Republic or Chechen native now. And then Western Hockey League for the Kelowna Rockets. 54 points in 43 games, doing getting the job done at 19 years of age for a, for a 5'10 right winger, though. Obviously right wing, a position of need for Minnesota. Always has been, always will be, seems like. Let's get to college very quickly and move on to Vanna Direction. First off, yep, well, it was nice while it lasted. Things quieting down again for him. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of weeks in a row where he was scoring points. It's been quiet ever since. 19 points in 30 games for him. Yeah, Pudger Jones has struggled with Iowa, 3.37. They've just not been good, unfortunately. And the Heartlanders have been way better, which is funny. Barebo has been doing a pretty good job down there. He's pretty much the only really familiar name on the Iowa Heartlanders at the moment. Uh, Luskov actually had a couple of good games. We'll get to him in a moment. Marshall Warren, career high in 33 games. So career high in points, 5 goals, 12 assists. Plus nine is way, way down, though, unfortunately for him. He's a junior for Boston College, Matt v. Guskov. Yep, so this is actually foreign. He had a couple of points this past week. Now he's at eight for the CSKA Moscow. He actually had a couple of good moments here. Good for him. Nikita, Nikita Neskarenko definitely has been disappointing compared to last season, but of course Boston College has been disappointing as well. So it, it, it is what it is. Sometimes it's just not a good year and the whole team's numbers are down. 21 points in 33 games. Last year, he was almost at a point a game. As a freshman, Nikita Nesterego, now he's a, a sophomore. So we'll move on from this. Jack McBain, of course. Yep, pardon me for jumping here. Still 20, uh, 27 points in 20 games. Wonderful senior season, and he did play in the Olympic Club as well. Really looking forward to Jack McBain. He will be a professional player soon. We'll see what happens with Boston College. And all that as we head into March here. Jack McBain will soon be suiting up with Iowa, I gotta believe. Looking forward to that. The Heartlanders or the Wild, but we'll see. <laughs> but he will be in Iowa. Most likely, can't wait to see Jack McBain 
wearing some green. That'll be cool. With that, we'll take a quick break, and here comes fan interaction, baby. Time for fan interaction at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild, also want to talk about the Vigit application. V I G I T. It's two separate words. It is basically fantasy betting. It's an app on Apple and Google devices or Android devices. Pardon me. Social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit betting leagues a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free to play sports book. Bet free coins. Win real prizes. Betting stats, there's great information available on the Vigit like line movement where the public is betting. Again, it is fantasy betting and it's not real money wagering, but you can use it as a cheat sheet if you really want to. And of course, I highly recommend crypto.com. Some of you are probably tired of hearing about cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency. It, it's an opportunity. Obviously, you can lose, you can come ahead. It's, it's similar to the stock market. I mean, things happen. So, I mean, it's, it's worthwhile. I, I think it's worth the chance. It's fun. Uh, it's fun and it can be very profitable. Of course, again, there's no guarantee in anything. There's no guarantee in anything. Look at real estate. Everybody thought real estate was a guarantee. Look what happened in the mid-2000s. Kaboom. <laughs> That's all we got to say about that. But um, obviously, real estate, I don't even want to get into it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, but crypto.com, there is a link in the show description. Click on that. It'll show I referred to. Uh, referred you. It'll help the show. And it'll put $25 in your account as well to get started trading cryptocurrency. So, again... It's fun. I, I like doing it. I'm ahead. Put it that way. I'm ahead. I'm not a millionaire, but I'm ahead. So I'm not going to come out and say, you, you, you're you going to make millions of dollars. You're going to make millions of dollars because because you joined this and, and tell your friends and, and all that and stuff. Yeah, no. It's not a pyramid scheme. It's just a referral type of thing. I don't believe in that Amway crap or similar companies like that. Just, no. Just, just no. Seriously. At Brave the Wild... <laughs> I don't do sales. No. I have a job in my area, in, in, in your part of the Twin Cities, where in sales. Like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, like I, that's like the most exciting job offer in the history of the world. No, I don't do sales. Goodbye, adios, amigo. Why is this not showing what I want? Because it's a piece of crap, that's why. <laughs> it's not showing what I want. Okay, I get it, because I didn't even put in the hashtag. Hashtag BTWMN. <laughs> hashtag BTWMN. I'm an idiot. So, I think you all know that already. <laughs> I really appreciate those of you that have jumped on board, though. It is just It means the world to me. It truly does. And uh, it's priceless. I really think, thank Derek for uh, always putting out the bat signal, as we call it, to get people coming to conversate about the Minnesota Wild. I think I, yeah, I jumped in midweek and then questions copped in and it's, why isn't this in order? So strange. So strange. Um, it's not showing my release of the show. I must have bumped something, so I apologize. Uh, yeah, okay, so I'll continue off of this. Yeah, this is where we're at. I was talking about basically how it's absolutely amazing on my show yesterday. I was saying how Calgary was destroying everybody. So what happens? They get destroyed within hours by the Vancouver. Go figure. And then they destroy us twice. And I was saying, of course, Calgary finally loses the game to Vancouver. Then here we go, getting our butts handed to us 
by them in the rebound game. Fun, eh? Great for Carson Seuss or someone similar, I wrote. Derek wrote, uh, they certainly need a better stay-at-home defender, better than Pylon Yukon Cornelius, a.k.a. Jordy Ben. Yep, I agree. Apologize, I didn't click like sooner, Derek. I, I didn't see that one for some reason, but there it is. Yeah, I agree. Jared Jordy Ben, good Lord. Yep, um, I'm for Susie. The, the only thing is, of course, the cap situation, especially those of us uh, in the Minnesota Wild community that really want uh, Kevin Fiala kept long-term. It's going to complicate things. There's Derek. He says, does another uh, uh, lopsided loss to the Flames have you questioning this team? Got a question? Ask Brave the Wild and take it. Hashtag BTWMN. And yep, thank you very much, Derek, for that. Derek opens things up as he has wont to do, <laughs> which is awesome. He says, even with the better effort, the Minnesota Wild were still no match for Calgary. And yes, they were better in the next game. But then Cal Talbot wasn't, wasn't good either, unfortunately. Uh, do you think this confirms that the Minnesota Wild should no longer be considered a contender? For now. For now. Um, the Wild can, the Wild have a right to earn that uh, status again, but at the moment, I would say they are out of that category because Edmonton is two points behind the Wild and they're in ninth place in the West. So for now, yes, and I really hate saying that, and I bet a lot of people out there are like, oh, there it is, there it is, yep, unsubscribe, block, blah blah blah. No, please don't do that. Please don't get mad at me for saying this team is out of uh, out of being a contender. Right now, they're out, but they have every right to get it right back. It's, it's not over. I am not saying the season is over. Derek continues, says, with the Wild running out of gas faster than a 1972 Buick Riviera. Cool, cool. Uh, with a 455 V8 under the hood. And yes, that would be a gas guzzler. Does this change the way the Minnesota Wild uh, GM Bill Guerin approaches the trade deadline? Does it make them more likely to be a seller than a buyer? I think we're still buying because the selling could very well happen in the summer due to the situation of, you know, the salary cap hell that's coming up. I still say they're a buyer. Uh, if it gets worse, they, they might be a seller. Let's just say if we get swept by Buffalo and Philadelphia and Dallas and stuff, then we might be on the, we might be on the sale campaign. But at the moment, I still lean towards buyer, but not like some big long-term commitment. You know, we're not going to acquire somebody and like mortgage the future. It's not going to be anything like that. It'd be a, a short term. Let's let let's let's do this, guys. Type of thing. Um, even like again, like a, a Carson Susie, which I'm still going to keep talking about until it hopefully happens. Watch, watch, never will though. Derek Velska again says, "Does the international situation between Russia and Ukraine and most of the rest of Europe mean we may never see Marek Kuznadinov in a Minnesota Wild uniform?" I hope not. I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Um, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I, I, have, I have a feeling this is going to cool down, but maybe I'm compl a complete idiot and World War Three is coming. At that point, it might. Then odds are probably not. It'll, it'll, it'll be like, uh, yeah. I strongly, strongly hope and pray to God that that we're you know light years away from any World War situation or any major escalation which would lead to a world war one way or another. Um, you want to believe that it, that it won't, but something like this could easily lead to that. And it's, it's been a fear forever and ever and ever, going all the way back to the Kosovo situation in 2000. People were like, ooh, this, this, could, this could turn into something, and it didn't. It was, it was a mess. It was not good. There's a lot of stuff people don't know about it, this and that, that, that there was a lot worse things that happened there than people want to uh, lean towards that... Uh, 
yeah, some very sad things that happened there. We'll, we'll continue. Um, Hogma Dog Hockey says, why didn't he play in the Olympics? Yeah, that's a good question, too. I thought he was going to. Derek says, no idea. It was probably tough for him, for him to impress when SKA St. Petersburg was having him sit until he agreed to an extension with the team. That's what's, yeah, that's what's going on. As to why nothing's going on with uh, Marikos Nadinov. Just nothing's happening there. Like I keep saying every week, yeah, nothing's going on. Yeah, but it's a contract dis dispute. Contract dispute. Next, uh, Jay Bushy. Welcome back. He says, the Wilds power play and penalty kill. Oh, God. Yeah, has fallen off lately. Yeah, just, just, just as Dean Evison, right? <laughs> Along with their overall game. What do they need to do to play a more complete game? Boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, just generally be more focused. Put more effort in, so to speak. It's like you want to believe they're trying. But obviously, it's just kind of honing in their skills. Kind of staying focused. Focus. For me, it's like a lack of focus more than anything else. I mean, some, some guys can't even bring the puck into the neutral zone without getting humiliated. It's the NHL. I, I get it. And there's talent. And it's hard to bring the puck into your own zone. It, it, it's hard. There's gonna You're going to meet a ton of resistance in the neutral zone. That's where half of the game is played, I swear, where people are battling for the puck one way or another. Um, they just need to get better at winning the little battles. And th that's the closest thing I can come to. Because... <laughs> that, that's the closest thing I can come to, honestly. Um, again, like honing in their skills and winning the little battles, paying attention, this type of thing, you know, like mental focus, I think is probably number one for guys, especially like Brandon DeHame. It just seems to not be there. Uh, Brian Herrera says, since most questions probably are concerning, yeah, yeah, right now, yeah, maybe one to brighten the mood. What Final Fantasy game is your favorite? Mine is 12, since the story was fantastic, and I love the oil painting style graphics. Then it goes 10, 7, 9, then 8 to round up to top 5 FF games. Oh, not one cartridge era game? Oh, look at you. Oh, you're going to hate me because I'm, <laughs> I'm a cartridge era guy. I, I'm old school, really old school. Because, I mean, even 12 is old school now, which is really, which is weird to me. That's like alien to me. <laughs> 12 was good, though. I mean, the music was fantastic. Uh, the characters were pretty cool. I didn't get into it like I got into the old, the really old scroll, though. My favorite, see, here you go. My favorite Final Fantasy game is Final Fantasy IV, which was originally two in the United States. Yes, the Super Nintendo with kind of that pinkish red, reddish pink, red, red background. And it said Final Fantasy II with that gold look, you know, looked really cool. Um, ultimately, it's Final Fantasy IV. That is my favorite Final Fantasy game. Final Fantasy VI, strong second place, which is kind of like, in a lot of ways, it's number one. All it's like the number one game all time in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, it's Final Fantasy IV, I think, is the best game in terms of, it's a little more linear. Like, the characters are more special. It's not like anybody can do anything. You can make anybody a great magic user, anybody great at this, anybody strong. I like the more uniqueness of the characters in FF4. Uh, unbelievable storyline. The music is just... Oh, you know, I mean, so when I saw you write that, I was very happy. Final Fantasy IV is not only my favorite Final Fantasy game, I'm probably going to call it my favorite game of all time, other than like a, you know, there's a few others, like Secret of Evermore, Earthbound. The Super Nintendo had some unbelievable RPGs. Uh, Sega Genesis did too, like the Shining Force and such. 
I'm a Sprite guy. I'm a cartridge Sprite guy. I just am. Ten had great music. Really cool storyline, this and that. Seven was revolutionary when it first came out. It was on its way to being the greatest game of all time, quite possibly, during the first disc. And then I thought Square, or whoever the story writers were for that company, made the greatest mistake in the history of the series, and I think screwed everything up forever, when they killed Aerith. Most people think, like, what the heck, who cares, it's just a character. No, they killed the most interesting character by far in the game, which took the storyline from Final Fantasy to, like, almost like a sci-fi, in my opinion. So I was I was very <laughs> disheartened by that decision. Um, it's like you get tough, we're going to get tough, we're going to actually kill a character and break everyone's heart. That was a bad move, I thought. Um, that was a bad move. Now, again, they did good with 10. 8 did nothing for me. 9 didn't do a whole lot for me. 10 was pretty good. Blah, blah, blah. 12 was pretty cool. 11, and don't even get me started. That's not even, not even, yeah, no. <laughs> um, 13 did nothing for me. Blah, blah, blah. So, I'm a cartridge guy. Sorry if that went on for way too long, but... Uh, yeah, that was a fun question, though, and it, it got me going. It got me going. Thank you, Brian Herrera, and all that. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, it is heading that way, isn't it? Oh, there it is. There it is. Derek is uh, Derek's making fun of me here, because I was... <laughs> Tom Hayen, when did they forget how to circle the wagons? Because <laughs> I was kind of, let's just say, I was kind of like chuckling about the circle the wagons, circle the wagons, circle the wagons, circle the wagons. They, they're going to circle the wagons. Okay, circle the wagons. The Minnesota Wild are circling the wagons. It's time to circle. Yeah, yeah, I think I made my point. Oh, Derek, you're funny. I, I like that. I like that. That's what you define as a dry sense of humor right there. Like, okay, Joey, here you go. <laughs> That's funny. I, I like it. You have good taste. <laughs> oh, and then there's the there's the uh, poll that I put up. Bring back Carson Susie hashtag BGW man. Yes, we need a size. Sixty eight point two percent. No, may cause catfishers, and it might. Thirty one point eight. So the people have spoken. Bring back Carson Susie. I would love to do that. And I, again, I'll say it for the third or fourth time, or how many times I've said it. He's not going to demand a whole lot. At least I would not think so. Um, uh, the Seattle, at least the Seattle Kraken, are not going to demand a whole lot for him, in my humble opinion, as the Wild circle the wagons here. Um, we need to circle the wagons versus Philadelphia, don't we? we got to circle the wagons, all right, in terms of if it involves defending something, which in a lot of ways it does. Yeah, let's circle the bleeping wagons, all right. So, yes, Tom, yes, you get the star, the gold star of the week simply for that. <laughs> Oh, that was fun. I, <laughs> I like to tease people, though, when they say things just like, uh, was it Isha, Isha Jerome? You know, being a Canadian, I, and unfortunately, I think I ruined that because he doesn't say it anymore. He doesn't say it much. He does, but not like before. I liked when he did that. That's the thing. I have to stop doing that, teasing people about things because then they never say it again. They get like, oh, fine, you're making fun of me? Well, screw you. I'm not going to say it anymore. I guess I do say it too much, you know. <laughs> Oh, he said, Jerome, if you're listening somehow, soda pot, if you're listening, you're not too busy listening to 99 other shows, which is very possible because, yeah, soda pot goes all over, you know, with the, the hockey network and all that that they have. Um, just in case you're listening, you can you can say that you're a Canadian as much as you want. I think it's fun. 
I thought it was fun. I wasn't making fun of you. So just, just so you know. Uh, Soda Pot, of course, huge shout out to you guys. And again, we're in a collaboration. Us and other podcasts, Minnesota Wild Podcasts, are working with the Soda Pod, creating a feed that you see come out on, usually in my feed on Fridays. Um, so it's a collaboration of several Minnesota Wild shows with little clips from the previous week's show or so, or what, however recent it was, like the most recent show, a clip. I try to, I usually end up coming up with something in fan interaction because there's instant, uh, interesting commentary. And other times I might have a, a take that I think deserves to be on the, um, that deserves to be in there as well from either the preview or the review notification what's the notification it's not related to anything bummer oh well <laughs> that's okay um but that's kind of the case there major shout out again Derek felska at crease and assist at crease and assist the sports daily unbelievable articles teresa writes the previews for games Derek writes the reviews he also writes for youth hockey as well does Derek. So does a great job with that. I'm not so much into the youth stuff. I'm, I'm just not, even though hockey, if there's any sports, I would get into, you know, lower levels like, you know, high school or college. Well, obviously college for sure, but high school or, or even younger than that. Um, it's hockey. It's hockey. Like football is unwatchable. I uh, Anything below college I think is unwatchable. I can't watch it. Basketball, I kind of feel the same. I, I love the game of basketball. I can't watch high schoolers play. I, I I just start to, like, my, my blood starts to boil because I'm crazy. And I played very competitively years ago. Uh, I can't handle it. I, I'm just going <laughs> to, even in my 40s, I can't handle it. I need to either be coaching or not be there at all, period, <laughs> with that said. So <laughs> other shout-outs, of course, Minnesota Wild Global. Thank you, Scott Cavendish, getting that thing going. Major, awesome uh, Minnesota Wild page with... So many great people. Chance Costick, David Costick, uh, Kathy Main, Michael Fix, uh, Chad Walski, uh, David Abraham. So many cool people on there. Really appreciate that page, and thank you for allowing me to post uh, links to this show. Same for uh, Minnesota Wild Nation. Patrick Turner does a great job with that. I believe he's, yeah, he, he lives in Florida, but an awesome Wild fan, and he likes the Panthers as well, and I don't blame him for that because they're great. Of course, MNW Prospects, which is also known as Young Guns. Really proud to be a part of that. Major, major, major shout-out, of course. Huge, huge, awesome page with Pablo Bennett out of Chechia. Justin Bakke, great guy. Um, Brandon Quas, great guy. Lo- love you guys. Uh, Brandon Quas lives in Wisconsin, I believe. Yes, he does. Um, so watch out if he's a Packer fan. I know Derek is not, of course. He lives and teaches in Wisconsin, but he's not a Wisconsin person. He's not. He's from Minnesota, very much so. And he's a defensive line coach for the high school. So pretty cool. Pretty cool, Andre Patterson. <laughs> Andre Patterson, defensive line for the Vikings for years. Uh, and here comes the Wild. Maybe that's Calgary, though, right now. You can hear the train coming just in time. Please, please do check out MNW Prospects, also known as Young Guns, and uh, this and that. Yep, the train's going to interrupt me. That was a really awkward honk. Just, eh, eh. what what was that? Huh. Yeah, but at three in the morning or something, when you come by, brrr, screw you people, you wake up, wake up. Oh, but it's it's like, you know, 10.30 a.m. Eh, eh. Oh, yeah, well, no, 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 that's okay. What the heck, man? Hopefully that's the Minnesota Wild cruising through that uh, East Coast trip here and back into play, uh, playoff contention where we need to be. Hopefully. Please do write a positive rating for Brave the Wild if you can hear all this clunkety-clunky outside in my Golden Valley area here. Um, 
please do write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, you can do a star rating. I think that's it. I don't think there's any review. Audible and Stitcher, you can also do it as well. And those of you that have in the past, thank you and God bless you. Appreciate you to death. Uh, final thing, if you want to call into the show, audio submission. It's been eons and eons. But somebody do it. Come on, somebody out there. You're all out there. and uh, Please do call in sometime. Just use your smart device, like my brand new Galaxy S22 Plus. Got that going. Uh, open up your free voice recording application on there. Press record. Treat it like a phone call. Hit stop and then sh- save it and then share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. I would then convert it into an mp3 file thanks to Zumzar with a Z dot com. It'd be great to have you on there. We could, uh, you can lead off fan interaction with your comments. Maybe you bring up a Final Fantasy or Mega Man or whatever the heck. What? Why the heck not? But of course, talk about hockey as well, if you could, would be greatly appreciated. And can't wait to hear from you. With that said, have a wonderful week. Hopefully the Wild can come out of this mess immediately.